Welcome back to another episode of Horror 365. I am your host, the mouthpiece of the Northeast, Jimmy J, alongside Mr. Josh Kersey, a.k.a. Horror Daddy 85. And of course, joining us once again, and always an honor to have you here, Sean, the 80s horror god himself, Sean Telepo. How are you, fellas? What's going on, guys? Oh, man, this is great to have you back on, Sean. Um, and you know what? Today's discussion, okay, this is something. This is your forte. This is, this, this is your specialty right here. <laughs> 80s horror. And we're breaking it down, and we're just shooting the breeze. I want to I wanna make this clear to everybody out there, all the viewers that are viewing these three ruggedly, and I do mean ruggedly handsome individuals, and hearing these melodious tones piping through your speakerphone, this conversation is off the script. There is nothing. And I'm telling you this wholeheartedly, honestly, nothing written down about this. We're just three guys talking about 80s horror. And uh, yeah, man, I'm excited about this one, guys. 80s horror Definitely. is like, that set the map for everything, man. I mean, you look back at horror, everybody thinks about the 80s. So I know Sean There will never be another No, there will never be another decade, be another decade of the 80s, man, with horror. We're anxious to get right into it with you, man. Yo, so Sean, you know, you're the guy. You're the 80s horror guy. That's how I look at it. Anything that pops up 80s horror related, I'm like, let me ask Sean. If I don't know it, yep. Sean knows. Know so what is it for you about 80s horror that just it just drew you in? Well, for me, it's I mean, I was uh, 10 years old in, in 1980 and was just introduced to horror. So as everything was coming out, you know, whatever I could get, whatever I can get to the theater to catch something or whatever maybe was on TV. You know, there's a lot of straight to video stuff in the 80s, which is some really awesome stuff. Um it's just a blueprint, man. There's, you know, you got blood, guts, and boobs. That's your 80s horror, you know? And, <laughs> That's true. You know, and even the ones where the special effects are horrible, what you could tell is just paint or whatever. It's, it just makes it so awesome. Everything about 80s horror is incredible. Even the really bad ones, to me, are really good. Yeah, blood, babes, and box office hits. Yeah. I'm telling you, uh, we, we had them in the 80s. I mean, like you, like you were saying earlier, 70s kind of set the tone. A little bit, yep. um, you know, with Halloween and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 1974. There was a couple other great movies. Black Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Black Christmas. What, yeah. what else? What else comes to your mind with 70s? What are you mm -hmm. thinking? I mean, I uh, like I said before, I just watched that one called Meat Cleaver Massacre. Um, <laughs> and if, if you didn't tell me if I didn't look and see that that was from the 70s, if I would have watched that without knowing what year, 100 percent, I would have thought it was an 80s film. So, yeah. like you said, you know, the blueprint was laid out in the 70s and then. All, all the directors and everybody and all the and the writers just took it to the next level for the 80s. Oh, I agree. And Josh, uh, let me ask yeah. you. So what, what is it for you that drew you into like the 80s horror? Um, just like everything, the vibe, the, the the atmosphere, you know, like I remember being a kid, you know, and just, you know, back then we had like the HBO Cinemax, you know, my parents had the hot box. So we got, you know, all those, <laughs> all those free channels and, you know, and I just, you know, just the nostalgia of watching them, you know, like the Friday the 13th and the Halloweens and the nightmares, um, you know, it just had that feel, you know, I just remember being a kid being scared, you know, seeing these slashers on the screen and, you know, going to bed and just thinking in your head, you know, it always <laughs> made you have those thoughts like, shit, is Freddie going to get me in my dreams tonight, you know, and that's something that I miss, you know, because, you know, as you get older, of course, they're not as scary as they were when you were a kid, but, you know, it's just, going back and watching all those 80s horrors, it brings back that nostalgia for me. And that's what Can't I live You know, I, I think about, I think about 80s, right? And I'm like trying to think to myself, what was it 
And because we had, you know, we had classic universal monsters back in the day, you know, yeah. Dracula, Wolfman, Frankenstein. We had some uh, great hits in the 70s, like we just discussed. Um, and of course, you know, you think 60, 1960s slashers for me, I guess, would put slashers on the map. Psycho. That's what comes to my mind. There was probably other movies before that, but that's the one that really stood out. Hitchcock. And then 80s hit and it was like a boom. It was like we got hit from all different directions, all different kinds of, of horror. And it just got more bloody, uh, more gory. And it also had so much originality in the 80s that we don't see anymore, No, in my opinion. It's very rare that I see something that's original, you know, nowadays. I mean, because, you know, look at remakes. We were going to discuss remakes and then we're going to save that for another time. But like they just go back to the eighties to, to, to remake these films. And just, I guess, to make them fresh and with all the technology and, and stuff they could do nowadays, yeah. they think, Oh, it's going to be cool. But they, honestly, there's really nothing like uh, practical effects. No. You know, I'll, I'll take it over CGI. Absolutely not. And yeah. one key word for eighties horror is excess. Just take the evil dead. I mean, I don't even know how many gallons of fake blood they used in that movie. It, I mean, I remember the only they talked about when that came out was the amount of blood used in that film, you know, and it just makes it so much, so very awesome. But again, you know, everything was done in excess and the, the more over the top it was, the more fun it was. It was yeah, like a competition, yeah. right? Can oh, you yeah. top this? Okay. Oh, you got blood. Oh, wait for this one, baby. Yep. You know, and then it's like, Oh, well, what's going to happen now? And you know, you've seen all these, like you said, Sean, the obscure eighties movies that, you know, People may have not seen, may have forgotten about, uh, and it was there. And anyone that had a film in the 60s, 70s, okay, they wanted to be a part of it in the 80s. They wanted to have a remake. I mean, again, we just said Psycho. That's prime example. 60, it came out. And it's like, well, we, we got the sequel. How many years later? What was it? Like 20-something yep. years later. There it is, Psycho 2, uh, which I thought was a pretty damn good film. Um, in, in the 80s. And, Same and thing was, with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 74. Yep. We didn't get the re, uh, part two to what was it, 85, 86. I'm not sure off the top of my head, but again, yep. uh, e even the stuff that was uh, made for TV and a prime example that I always go to is Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. That was a made for TV movie that scared the living shit out of me. It was like when I was a kid. At the end of the movie, when he when the Scarecrow turns his head, looks over, I didn't even freaking sleep that night. Yeah. But, um, but now that I look back on it, I'm like, you know what? This is an amazing movie that that should have been in the theaters, you know, because you don't see any of the kills in the movie. There's no gore. And I just think there, like, even with a film like that, there was so much opportunity to make it so much better. But, you know, it's still, it still had its effect because people still talk about it today. Uh, they just released a second one from the same guy, and it's absolutely horrible. But, <laughs> um, but that first one scared the shit out of me, man. I mean, that's the other thing that the 80s spawned, the, the uh, shot on video. People were just busting out their video cameras with the with the VHS tapes, getting their friends together. And there's tons of horrors like that out there, you know, for the 80s. Really? They just got the 80s, their friends together. That was big in the 80s? Video. I mean, yeah. As far as best by now, that spawned in the 80s. I mean, um, you know, they got their friends together. They got a bottle of ketchup and, you know, and went at it, you know. Yeah. I mean, some of those movies are probably better than some of the ones that came out and you've seen in a video store. <laughs> right? uh, there's I some mean... really bad ones. I, I, yeah. There's one there's one called Sledgehammer. Okay, uh, yeah. it, I've heard of that. It's, yeah. It is god-awful. It's basically shot in one room, the whole movie. Oh um, except for, you know, except for, there's like a two-minute montage of this guy and this girl, like, holding hands and walking and kissing. It's just, it's madness. But that was a shot on video. But people are paying 
literally thousands of dollars for a VHS of that on eBay. I mean, that's how rabid, you know, horror fans are for this stuff. Oh, man, so, that, that, that's insane, man. That's that awful. But, I mean, it's another one of those ones that it's so bad, it's 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 good, you know? It's, yeah, I'm noticing that Freddy Krueger figure right there. Uh, because, <laughs> yeah, there were two guys that, you know, honestly dominated the 80s. And one of them is that man right there, Robert Englund, Freddy Krueger, and the other was Jason Voorhees. And, yep. you know, we had so many different slashers in the 80s, but when you think about it, and the ones with, I guess, the most substance and storyline were those two. Um, you know, you, you think uh, I would say more Nightmare on Elm Street with the storylines. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Because I mean, uh, geez, uh, Friday the Thirteenth. You know, you had your script on kill every ten minutes or whatever it was. You know, throw a bunch of dumb kids out in the woods. Uh, I think with Freddy, uh, the, the best thing about the nightmare stuff is his one-liners. Oh yeah. oh yeah. I think that's what, I think that's what put Nightmare on Elm Street over the top. I mean, they're great movies. But I think the way that Robert England played the character and all of his one-liners, especially in Dream Warriors, I mean, there's just mm-hmm. line after line after line that he delivers in that movie, man. You know, it's... What's the prime time, bitch? What's wrong, Joey? Feeling tongue-tied? I said, where's the fucking vermin? You should listen to your mother. Look familiar. Let's get high. What a rush. For you, kid. Sorry, kid. I don't believe in fairy tales. Joey, let all the little piggies come home. Sorry to keep you waiting. Perhaps if there was more of me to spread around. And again, that's something that the 80s, 80s horror did is they they combined a lot of comedy and horror, and it worked. It was still scary, but you know, some of it made you laugh. You know, there's there's movies like Blood Diner. Uh, that's a comedy horror. Um, one of the greatest of all time, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh, dude, yeah, I can right never, out of my ever mouth. watch yeah. that movie enough. Oh. I, I try to re- I try to refrain from watching it too much, so I keep it to like once every other month. But I will never stop watching that movie. It's just it's just an absolutely amazing piece of eighties horror. I always go to that line that sticks out. I'm gonna knock yeah. your block off yeah. or something like that. He, he yeah. said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I had a lot of good lines. Yeah. That's you, you're a clown guy. Yeah. You talk about when Shorty punches the guy's yeah, head yeah, off. The yeah, yeah, yeah. When the biker guy breaks his <laughs> bike, and, hey, he's like, "What are you going to do? Knock, knock my block off?" Yeah. I, I think know. my favorite one is, "What are you going to do with them pies, boys?" Yeah, what are you going to do with them <laughs> pies, boys? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of great liners in that, and yeah, like you Absolutely. said, Sean. I mean, Killer Clowns from Outer Space for me, that was my childhood. That was one I mean, that I watched scary, over but... and over daily. Like I grew Absolutely. up loving that movie, and it still holds you know, true to my heart to this date. And, you Definitely. know, I love it, you know? Yeah. And, you know, you think about it uh, in the eighties, Sean, you brought out a point it, it, comedy and horror, you know, it started out in the eighties, very like man, bloody and, and gory and, and serious and, and unsettling some movies and some scenes. Yeah. You know, I remember I, I brought up a movie to you previously. I was a terror train, I believe yep. with, uh, with Jamie Lee Curtis and, We'll get to Scream Queens later on. We'll talk about that. But, like, there was a scene. You remember at the end of the film when she's trying to get away or she's trapped? And this guy yep. is, like, pretty much stalking her like a predator yeah. over here. man. That was, like, that scene was very unsettling to me. It was just, you know, like, it seemed real. And that was, like, probably the best part of the whole movie. Yeah. Uh, but there was a lot of that stuff, that uneasy feeling that you got by watching some of these films. And it really scarred you, I felt like. 
after yeah. you after you like watched it you're like oh man like what did i just see uh and there's a lot <laughs> of films that that did that in the 80s but you know i guess towards mid to late 80s we started getting a little comedy incorporated in the films and like you said the big one was was freddy krueger and he had a personality and that's really what did it like he had the charisma and you know, you, you just fell in love with them as of Dream Warriors, I felt like, you know, after that and then four and five uh, that came on. It just got it got sillier as it went on, uh, especially when we get into the 90s and Freddy's Dead and stuff like that. But for some reason, like I became a fan of that yeah, comedy aspect and horror, you know, horror comedy put together. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that that's Freddy was the guy, man. Uh, and storylines back on what I was saying, you know, Friday 13th. Look at it. It's it's so simple, but it worked. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you said, OK, well. This boy drowned mm-hmm. in a lake. Nobody was watching him. The mother was pissed. Mother starts go, going out there. And like any good mother would do, uh, getting revenge. I'm killing the counselors. <laughs> you know, she started going down the line. And then when they killed her, you know, her son's like, well, you can touch my mom. This guy he comes back from the dead. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's over. He starts yeah, killing these people. And his mother's dead. Yeah, he's revenging he's, his mom's dead. Jason's the only one that kills out of love. Supposedly, he saw his mother beheaded that night. And, and, and now he's pissed off. Yeah. He's pissed, and 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 you see, <laughs> that's it. And, and you know, you, you know, you talk about like storylines and horror in the '80s. That it, it's so simple, like you said, just worked. And then look at Freddie. You know, Wes got this idea from reading an article uh, that, that I read. It was um, kids in was it Cambodia or something like that. Yeah, was somewhere overseas. It was Cambodia that they had these nightmares. Cambodia, yeah, die, yeah, they were dying in their silly yeah. in their sleep. Well, so he's like, oh, what they is took it? it off of a true event, you know. He took it off a true event, cool, you know. Well, they yeah, did the know. same thing. They they were telling their their parents, I don't want to go to sleep. You know, they talk about a man that was tormenting them in their sleep, and and thus Freddy Krueger was yeah. born yeah. through yeah. Wes Craven's yeah. imagination. Yeah. There and, we go. Uh, and and it was it's beautiful, man. It, and like, that's a beautiful imagination. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Wes, uh, man, rest in peace, Wes. I mean, I wish he he was still around. We probably would be getting a lot more content yeah. out here than what yeah. we have. Absolutely. Here. Yeah, yeah well, to me, I mean, Wes Craven, I mean, I know we're jumping around a little bit here, but yeah, definitely 80s was Nightmare on Elm Street. And then the Scream franchise for me are his two, you know, babies mm-hmm. right there. You know, I mean, he created originality and Freddy and then Ghostface. So amazing, talented guy. I mean, Wes Craven is up there in top director. So kudos to him without, for without doing doubt. this for us horror <laughs> fans, because without it, man, we wouldn't we would never have known these guys yeah these characters originality yep, yep. we go back to that man and there was so much of that in the 80s and um i want to ask you sean so you're thinking about all the slashers in the 80s uh other than the main guys other than like you know freddie jason obviously michael chucky came on later on in 88 um who else stands out to you what killer stands out to you uh well we talked about it earlier uh so the prowler okay um kick-ass slasher um for me, I mean, and obviously the most dominant genre of horror in the 80s was slashers. Yeah. So, you know, uh, and then, you know, a lot of them did follow the, the same blueprint, but some of them, you know, were, did stand out. Um, the Mutilator, you know, okay. different storyline there. So, yeah, uh, so I'm all about slashers. Um, yeah, stuff like Poltergeist, um, you know, that's more psychological. Uh, and I don't get me wrong, I love Poltergeist, but I, I'm a much bigger fan of the second one. Uh, Reverend Kane in that film. I can't, I just got chill. That guy still freaks me out to this day, man. When I see him on the screen, I legitimately get freaked out. When he's walking up that driveway singing that song, it still creeps yeah. me out to this day. Because, I mean, it just, 
It did a number on me when, when I first. I think I saw that in the drive-in when it came out. Starlight in Bethlehem, Josh. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think that's where uh, I saw yep, it. Yep, yep, I remember. And, yeah. and that dude, just man. And the thing that sucks is he died before the movie came out. That actor, and they were. Uh, I believe they were going to make, um, you know, a, uh, a shoot off with him. That was a flashback, you know, to before, uh, you know, back in the day when he had his parish and everything, which would have been simply awesome. What about you, Josh? What you, what movies stood out to you, other than the main guys? Yeah, like um, which one stood out to you? I know, like ones for me, I definitely the burning. That was another really good slasher too. I mean, I set place at a camp. A lot of camp ones come to mind. So the burning, yeah. sleepaway camp. I mean, at the end when you see, you know, Angela holding that boy's head, and then she, you know, you find <laughs> out that she's a boy herself. I mean, that was disturbing. You know, just the whole scene with her holding the knife in the head and that smile she has, and you know, Felissa Rose. I mean, she's such a sweetheart. I mean, she still does that pose today with all the fans. So um, those were two really good uh, campy horror movies that I enjoyed in the 80s. Um, besides those two. I guess it would be Killer Clowns. Yeah, Killer like you Clowns, said. yeah, for Killer me, Clowns. yeah. I mean, it's not really but, too slashery, but did, to me, that's yeah. a comedy horror. So, But it had some, I guess, some slashing in it. I don't know. I have an unpopular opinion about The Burning. I I, I don't like The Burning at all. No? Yeah, no. Okay, why don't you, all. what are your opinions well, on Well, it? first of all, it's obviously uh, a Friday the 13th copycat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just don't like it. It takes forever for somebody gets killed. The yeah. only part that I enjoy is when that jock meathead guy finally gets killed. I was so satisfied when he got <laughs> yeah. shot. Up. I, yes. think, I think as a fan, everybody's rooting for that guy. There's a lot of slashers that have that one character that you just can't wait yeah. till they go down, man. It's uh, yeah. And for me, that was the only part of the movie I enjoyed was when he got it. Yeah. And that one is actually supposedly based on a true story. I don't know too much about the backstory, but. Supposedly, there's some sort of um, story uh, that inspired that. So, like, let's talk about Sleepaway Camp, for example. I mean, how, what were your opinions on that, Sean? Sleepaway Camp. I mean, uh, for the, you again, know, we're not talking about the sequels. They did come out with sequels, but right. I think the original. I mean, I I just first watched this movie probably about five years ago because I didn't even know oh, about wow. it. Yeah, so somebody, you know, after meeting Felissa Rose and the scene of the, you know, of um conventions. I was like, oh, I got to go home and watch this. And I was I was blown away by it. Like I said, that scene to me was just like, I was shocked. I didn't had no idea she was going to be the killer. They had you surprised at the end. I mean, it yep. was, had a good formula to it, you know? Oh, uh, amazing formula. Uh, I think if I remember right, I saw that on HBO or something for the okay. first time back in the, oh, yeah. And then when that end scene happens and, you know, yeah. the dong is hanging, I was like, holy I shit, man. I know, I know. I was like, <laughs> what just, the hell happened? Like, I had to go and rewatch it just so that way it yeah. all made sense. Because in the beginning, then you're like, oh, shit, okay. that and, was The scene has such an impact that it's still talked about today. Yeah. You know, it's, oh, it's, yeah. it has that much of an impact. Yeah. And again, you really didn't know who the killer was the whole time. No, especially, they... you know, being a young kid, when I, when I was watching, I, I couldn't figure that out, man. I, I had no clue. Yeah, you know, so yeah, that was. But again, really originality with the with the whole scene, and I like how they did the flashback at the end, where uh, you know her aunt talks about you know how she came into the house and she you know yeah. had her little yeah. boy. One thing I think we're forgetting here uh, is a major major game changer for eighties horror with one specific scene is an American Werewolf in London. Ooh, Ooh yeah. okay, yeah, I, so, I know what you're talking about. Talk so for me, and you guys know. I can't stand CGI. I won't watch anything with CGI. 
that scene, that first scene, that full transformation is one of the greatest practical effects scenes of all time. And, you know, that movie changed the game. It, it legitimized horror because it was like a more serious, even though it has the comedy in there. But I mean, the, the special effects all around in that film, but that one scene to me, it just changed the game. which is another amazing uh, yeah. werewolf horror film. Um, for me, I'm more of the, uh, I, I like the, the Howling's take on werewolves as a, opposed to like an American werewolf. I think if it was something that existed, I would like to imagine them as, as the lycanthrope, like in the, in the Howling, as a shapeshifter that could change at will, not just this romantic idea of when the moon is full, you know, you, you go out and kill a few people and wake up in, in the zoo with uh, sleeping with the wolves, you know? So for yeah. me, so for me, that was a more um, realistic take on on werewolves, and you yeah. have the uh, lovely D. Wallace in that one as well. So, oh, yeah, I mean D. Uh, you speak of D. Wallace, he man. is totally eighties there. I mean, Cujo, like, yeah. oh, forget I mean, about it. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. E. T. E. Not horror, but yeah, yeah. she's yeah. in um, not Ghoulies. Oh, Critters, Critters. Yeah, yeah, yeah Critters. I mean, the list goes on and on with her. So, but she's... when I met her, I, I was like, you know, there's so much to choose from from an actor of your caliber, but I said, I got to go howling. Yeah. 
you know, I had to have something to howling sign. I mean, that for me, that's just the film, you know, from her. So, and, and you know, another thing you, you speak about, you know, like Dee Wallace and other individuals like Jamie Lee Curtis and stuff like that in horror movies, it just goes to show you that I think the horror genre is the first genre to give women that uh, give women, excuse me, that, that powerful role. You know, you think yeah. final girl, like, Hey, they're yeah, dominating. Girl, yeah. yeah. They're dominating. Yeah. The, well, that all started with genre. Sally and that all started with Sally. In, yeah. uh, Texas, Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. Exactly. And then from there, it just, boom, we just the final girl phrase, you know, came yeah. about later on, but like you started looking at him and like, wow, you know, you had, you had Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, I mean, there was there were so many of them, which which I want to bring out that point right now. Final girls. Who do you think? I guess I don't know if you want to put overall or just eighties top final girl. Sean, Amy Steele. Oh, uh, Amy Steele. And, and why, why Amy over Jamie? Uh, just as a personal favorite, do you mean? No, I'm saying why? I, I, why, yeah, why Amy over Jamie? Because she's my major crush. <laughs> okay. okay, so there's a bias. As I mentioned earlier, there's one woman who, for me, outranks them all, and that's Miss Linnea Quigley. Oh, look up, Return look, of the Living Dead. IMDb. The list of 80s horror films that woman was in is just endless. I mean, I don't even know if I could think of them all. There's, there's so many, and she's yeah. in everything. And, and then we, we forgot to talk about films like Night of the Demons. I mean... Oh, yeah. 100% completely original. Um, been a lot, the, yeah. the special the, the special effects in that are truly amazing. You know, uh, and I think that was a movie that was cast very well. You couldn't turn around. It wasn't a movie she wasn't in in the 80s. She's constantly pumping them out, you know? Yeah, I, I guess what stands out to me, like I just said, is Return of the Living Dead. Because and she... She let it so all hang out in that movie, yeah, man. She, she did, was yeah. she was yeah. wild. And uh, uh, I don't think there's many where she's not at least topless. I don't think I've ever seen a movie with her where she doesn't get at least topless. Even Silent yeah. Night, Deadly Night, well, she's topless. Yeah, Silent, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that was, yeah, that that was her go-to. That yeah, was that her thing. Was the formula Slices, the horror, it's yeah. coming off, baby. Yeah. Boobies <laughs> were everything in the 80s, man. Hey, you had to have boobies in your horror movie. I mean, yeah. and speaking of uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, you had your run of, of uh, you know, seasonal uh, movies. Yeah. Christmas Evil is a really good one that I, I it's not it's not really a lot of uh you know slash or anything like that, but uh Christmas Evil, I think that one was 1980. Uh very cool 80s um Christmas movie, you know. Uh yeah, New Year's yeah. Evil. I think there's a Thanksgiving one. Um uh, thanks killing, but that's not that's not 80s. Yeah, that was, no, I, yeah, I'm not sure for April Fool's yeah, Day. April Fool's there you go. Yep. Yeah, my bloody Valentine. My we have bloody Valentine. Valentine. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. I mean, like that, I think that was probably the best. Uh, in my opinion, and we were going to discuss like our top standalone movies, in my opinion, but my bloody Valentine takes that right there and uh, definitely best holiday movie uh, overall, I think, uh, in the 80s. Well, I mean, you think Friday 13th, it's like, could you count that as a holiday movie? If you do, then it's Friday 13th. But if not, it's definitely my bloody Valentine. Well, for me, Friday the 13th every year is this, my second favorite holiday over Halloween, so. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. Oh, yeah, sh- Halloween. How can I forget yeah. that? Yeah, that's that's another tough one right there. But, yeah, I guess well, standalone. Yeah, for, oh, forget about it, dude. But but standalone, like, My Bloody Valentine has this cult following, man. Yeah, and but does, I think for My Bloody Valentine, one of the awesome things about that film is the fact that you're really not too sure who the killer is the whole time, you know? Yeah, you're yeah. thinking it's it's Harry Warden the whole time because he escaped or whatever to find out he's dead, you know all that. But but um, you know you you don't know. I mean, you get you got kind of got to figure it out before you get to the end of the film. But you know they keep that up in the air for a little while there, so I enjoy that. 
thing that sticks out to me the most in that is probably the washing machine death. Mm. Yeah, yeah I, I'll never do laundry alone at nighttime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, man. How we put the human hearts in the hearts, uh, the chocolate. <laughs> yeah, that was a cool was idea. Awesome. That was a cool concept. Yeah. But, yeah, that's uh, definitely one that you know you got to watch on Valentine's Day. You know, I'm one of those that each holiday comes, I watch oh, same a horror movie on that day because uh, we're celebrating so July, it all 365. You know, it's not just one day. There it July is, baby. 3rd, yep. July 3rd is Return of Living Dead Day. I watch it every yeah, year. Yep. Um, every Father's Day, I watch Creep Show. You know, yeah. So yeah. just like yep. I, I, that's, I do the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Creep another one. Your anthology yeah. horror is another. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, we we which we haven't really talked about another, I guess, uh, sub category of horror. I mean, in the eighties, it was creep show, man. I mean, there was a couple other ones. I think that was it, Monster, Monster House, not Monster Squad. That's another one. I guess we could talk. It's all oh, yeah, for the just, kids. Uh, so yeah, but- so to me, the Monster Squad was the Goonies for horror kids like myself in the eighties. That's yep. the horror kids Goonies. Yeah, you know, Goonies is a is an awesome movie, but. For me, no, like the I, Monster I Squad, yeah, Monster Squad ten times a year. I, I, I will never stop watching that movie. And you're right. And what it did is it, it just, you know, for those that didn't know wh- what Universal monsters were, okay, it, it put them onto it. It put the younger generation onto the Universal monsters, the roots of horror, mm-hmm. Dracula, Frankenstein, the Mummy, the yep. creature from the Black Lagoon, the werewolf. I mean, that was it was a great show, man. It really was. And there's a lot, there's a lot that went into that. Like the guy who plays the creature was a special effects designer guy. That's actually a costume he had in his house. What? So it's like, I got this. I'll play the creature. Yeah. Oh, dude, I didn't oh, know that's that. That's cool. That's good. That's and then the fact. reason why uh, I think in the movie Frankenstein's bolts were on top of his head, set up on his neck, universe, wherever they are, uh, Universal wouldn't give these guys the right sending the monsters. So that's why there's some slight variations with them. Oh. Cause they didn't, you know, you can't, you yeah. can't, a mummy's a mummy, you know. Dracula's a vampire, but the Frankenstein and and the and the uh, creature, you know, they were very specific about not letting them use the stuff. So yeah, wow. I mean, I, I mean, they could have worked the deal out, man. Yeah. I mean, just you know, Universal. No, I'm glad it is the way it is. Yeah, it's a, it's a special movie. Yeah, that's true. It really is though. At 87, 87. I keep saying this is a badass year, man. Not only because I was born in 87, but yeah, it's <laughs> one movie. I know you're going where, this. where am I going with we're it? Going with the Lost Boys. Oh, the Lost Boys. Oh, Jesus. This, this is his. That's another standalone, yeah. man. Vampires yeah. now. Yeah. We're talking about Universal. Well, it's not okay, really so, Dracula, but let's let's break this one down because they had a lot of so, good vampire movies. Go ahead, yeah. Sean. So the Lost Boys is phenomenal it's the rock and roll 80s vampire film but for me a more realistic look at vampires is the movie near dark oh near dark yes i like that one that's a more realistic view if you know if they were real that's the way i would like envision it happening like they're you know they're rushing to get back for the sundown and don't get me wrong you know lost boys is absolutely amazing but that's a more realistic uh look at it to me and when it comes to special effects let's not forget Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead. One of the greatest wow. created monsters of all time, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely a cool looking monster. He was badass. Absolutely. There were so many like original characters yeah. in the 80s that you just couldn't. I think we could do a whole episode on Stephen King horror films. I mean, yes, yeah. oh, 
God, yeah, the Stephen I, King I alone. My favorite is probably Pet Cemetery, and we forgot about um, uh, Silver Bullet with the werewolf ones. Silver Bullet '85 came yeah. out. Yeah, that was Gary Busey. Yeah. Gary Busey, yeah. He was another guy, man. That's not playing with a full deck, but <laughs> yeah. that was uh, that was a good <laughs> film, though. Silver Bullet. I, I, I get it. Cemetery is definitely my favorite one out of all the Stephen King stuff. Yeah, that would probably be one of mine too, Sean. Yeah. Definitely. Why? Why is that? I, I like the second one too. How about you? No, I don't like no, the second one. you like one. the second one? I, just that I like story. The officer. I mean, I like the guy well, that played the officer. Mainly the job. Because Gabe is without a question the scariest kid of any horror, anytime, man. You know, yeah. I already played with mommy. Now I want to play with you. That that's good. That shit that scared yeah. living shit out of me when I was a kid, man. I would say second for me would be uh, Children of the Corn from Stephen King for the 80s. Yeah, children of corn. That one scared me too. You know, just imagine that, like being real. You know, out, out in the middle of those, you know, in the middle of nowhere, these kids just slaughter all the adults and just take over. You know, dude, and that's what I'm telling you. We had so much. Like, we're just going all over the map here. I know we're really not focused on one particular franchise or topic here, guys. But we're just shooting the breeze. Like I said, this is off the script. You know, you think about, you know, characters in the '80s. Uh, Then we talk about like different. you know, like Stephen King, authors and, and movies that he had. Him alone in the 80s had a tremendous run in the 80s with different films. Uh, you think about Universal Monsters, um, between vampire movies. I mean, I think Near Dark and Lost Boys came out in the same year, 87, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but uh, both great movies, to your point, Sean, I agree with that. More realistic is definitely Near Dark and just rocker, vampire. You, this guy right here, <laughs> Tim Capella. He's waiting. I was going to say. Saxophone. <laughs> you play a little air oh, saxophone on there? Yeah, yeah. That's 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 there it is, guys. What's going on here? Oh, yeah. this, this guy in Tampa. Yeah, that's that's the scene I can do without. Like, what else do we have in the 80s that was a hit was the soundtracks, man. The soundtracks oh, to all these movies, it. to all of our favorite horror movies. I mean, you have Dokken, you have Alice Cooper, you know. I mean, the list goes on. Of the, the list of the rock. list of people yeah. uh, on on Shocker is just yeah. long, you know. Yeah, I mean, we got some Megadeth of the greatest and... songs from these horror movies and these franchizes. I mean, it's Without just awesome, you know. That yeah. still withhold to this day, you know. So yeah. that's another thing that comes to mind is you know definitely the eighties music that went with these horror movies, you know. And that's a whole that's topic. A whole that, topic. Like I would yeah. love to have Alice yeah. Cooper or Don Doc or somebody on here talking about that and or uh, just a- anyone that did any song for a soundtrack in the 80s i, I want to discuss the relation because horror and rock and roll was synonymous in the 80s man. The i mean dude yeah. it, it was we had such great soundtracks and even uh you know you said uh, return of living dead before uh party time that song in that 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 yeah. i still bumped that in my car do you want a party <laughs> and i'm waiting for yeah, the song to pop up that one. yeah yeah, dude, I, like there was just such great rock music uh, to these uh, to these movies. I know I keep saying that, but it's a fact, um, and that's really what gave the like a lot of these movies in the eighties horror movies that extra boost. Because um, mm-hmm. you know maybe the movie wasn't that great, but you had a good score, you had a good soundtrack, and that's another thing. Forget about just rock artists, but what yeah, about even the, the themes, scores, just yeah. the scores to some of these films, like yeah. Harry Manfredini. Just spoke to him about yeah, Friday the Thirteenth. John Carpenter, John Carpenter. I mean, another one that scored his own movies, and you know, I got a creep filled with uh, '80s scores of vinyl, ton of it. I, oh, I yeah. listen to it all the time. Dude, and you that's know, the one other thing that we didn't mention. No matter how awful an '80s movie is or how great it is, 
every single one of them had an amazing poster. Yeah, the, the artwork, artwork and the graphics on the yeah. posters, yep. even for the crappiest of movies, was amazing, imaginative, and just kick-ass artwork. All of it. Dude, you, you can recognize a film from the 80s when you see an original poster. You, you know right away it was an 80s movie. And I pops, see a lot of that. What's that? It pops out to you. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. and I, I, see that, like, I see people trying to replicate that now. Like when I look through Shudder, I'll see a poster. Like, Holy shit, that's 80s. And I'll look, it'll say 2019. So it's like they're kind of trying to bring that back to capture you into seeing that, you know? Because there's definitely something really awesome about that. Just catches your eye when you see it. And that was the fun part about going to video stores, you know? Like Absolutely. Going to, going to Blockbuster and all that, you know, as a kid, looking at all the different box art, you know, on the VHS tapes. I mean, that's what caught my eye. If I saw a really cool looking box art, I was going to rent that movie, you know? I'm going to say, I don't know what it's about, but damn, it is that cool looking. I got to yeah, rent this, yeah. you know? And that's how they Anybody got you. Anybody can say what they want about that, going to Blockbuster, but they will not know the magic of going to Blockbuster on Friday night and looking through oh. the horror section, man. Oh, and nice. a lot of times you grab the same stuff over and over again. Yeah. But like you said, you stood there and you looked at every damn cover in the place, yeah. and there was just something so awesome about that, and you looked forward to it. Yeah. It was an event. It was something to do on a Friday night they and look forward to it. Yep. Yeah. And, and like, I started doing that once again, a couple of weeks back Friday nights, like obviously we're here recording Friday night after I, after we're done recording every Friday, I call it fright night Fridays. I give myself, I pick a movie from not, my, not online, not, you know, streaming services. I got my VHS and my DVD collection, pick something to watch uh, down in the man cave over here because because, dude, it, there was nothing like it, man. And even if it wasn't Blockbuster, so the mom and pop shops, they oh, had yeah. it going on, too, for sure. The mom and pop places, they had uh, a lot more of the obscure stuff. So another another slash we didn't talk about was Pieces. So oh, you're not yeah. going to see you're not going to see the movie Pieces in Blockbuster. You're going to find that in mom and pops, you know. Yeah. So there was your advantage there. And that's the thing, too. You know, you talk about. um your video stores are onto that. Like, I don't know if we're going to get a resurgence of video stores because it seems like everything that was old is new again. You know, vinyls. I, yep. I think I said this uh, last time yeah. vinyls are hot cassette tapes, yeah, cassette tapes uh, VHS. Look up, look up VHS horror on eBay. There's, there's titles on there right now for $18,000. Oh my God. I, mean, I, I got to check my collection. <laughs> they're sending stuff in to be graded. Now they're grading. Uh, VHS, Ooh. you know, like get a baseball card graded. They're, yeah. If you look on eBay, they're grading it, and people are spending a lot of money. I, I can't remember how much it was, but that movie I talked about earlier, Sledgehammer. I think somebody paid. I, I could be wrong. It was like seven, eight grand for a brand new sealed copy down VHS, wow. and the movie is pure shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably because yeah. it's just rare. You have, yeah. to, you have to research it though, because there were so many different releases. Like the original Friday the Thirteenth has some sort of clamshell with a window in it. That's the one that's worth money. Uh, the same thing with Part Two. I'm not sure how far it went. Like I have a sealed copy of Part Two, but it's a copy that came out in like 1990, which even still I would probably fetch like 50, 60 bucks on eBay because it's sealed. But if you have that vintage one with the uh, the clamshell with the window, I, I don't think I've ever seen one. But you're gonna get like four or five grand for that, I think. You know? Oh man, I'm telling you, you go to some of these antique shops. It's yeah. hot. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. so but speaking to your point of saying, you know, uh, of a, something like that popping up again, you know, I don't know. I, I think we could see that, man. It just has to be done right. And it, 
you can't oversaturate it again because it's not going to be yeah. successful every year. I, I think if you can open up a shop, and I was thinking about this myself oh, down the line, retirement, it's a passion project. Yeah. You know, you, you do it. Um, you got to be near some sort of uh, urban area where there's this foot traffic and stuff like near that. Near a college, I, near something yeah, like that. Something like, yeah, 100%, man. Because, you know, I noticed the younger generation, and we spoke on this even you know, with Sean Jr., uh, you know, they're so immersed now into horror and uh they're just they want to learn it and they know some of the old stuff that'll shock you that maybe i didn't even know or you didn't even know uh you know maybe sean well you know everything sean but you know josh and i didn't even know (laughs) but uh it's just it's awesome that that we can keep that flow going here and you can just pass it on to the youth because they all the future and uh why not why not bring back video stores and he's and, actually uh, collecting vhs from 80s horror oh dude yeah i'm the, yo him and i got to check because yeah. I'm, I'm he I'm had a weekend i for, i can't remember all the titles he got but a few weeks ago he went to the trend punk rock flea market and then we went to a, uh we him and i went to a flea market the following day he got like 10 12 of some of the biggest titles he got lost boys he, i i don't remember what he got but oh. and you know at the flea market you're spending 50 cents a dollar Oh, dude, and see, that's he, what I'm telling you. That's where you go. You go to flea markets. He got, you go he got Scream shops. that weekend. He got so many, but I I have a little bit. I have um I have a Texas Chainsaw VHS. I have an old Exorcist one and all my Friday stuff. And for me, it's just, if I get into it, now I need more space somewhere. Yeah. Because yeah. those things take up, they're awesome to have, because, and mainly because you have that old school artwork on the covers. You have them old school graphics on there. But again, when it gets into the money side of it, you have to like uh, dig into which releases, you know, the first release and stuff like that. But look it up on eBay. Uh, 80s uh, horror uh, VHS is super hot. I, in oh, fact, yeah. I bought one today. Which one you get? Uh, hopefully, uh, you I bought it? for Sean for his birthday, which is oh, coming okay. up. So. All right, so uh, let's, not, let's not bring it up then. Let's not, yeah, yeah, because he's going to go nuts. It's When we're finished, I'll let you know. But um, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's a deep cut, man. Okay, all right. Yeah, I think I might have it. Is is one of his uh top, his go to horrors? Or nope. no? Okay, okay. Well, it's, no, it's, I bought him the box set. I bought him the uh, Friday the Thirteenth box set of oh, nice. all the whatever, like t- eight, ten of them. I actually yeah. wanted in a raffle on Facebook for him. I oh, spent like nice. 60, I, I spent like sixty bucks on entries for him because I want the kid to have it, but I want it. Fortunately, you know. Oh, that's awesome. See that? Yeah, that's he's got cool. all that. Yeah, man. And that's, I don't know, man. It's just something about it. Something about VHS, yep. something about that, that not only your artwork, but the, the grainy feel when you're watching the film, yep. it's perfect. It's it's perfect. Yeah, it, it is perfect. It's, I feel like horror movies are just meant to be like that. I don't want to see my horror movies in 4k yeah. or 8k that they got coming out now. No, yep. that's the problem. You know? We're picking up on a lot of our um, so, classic movies. Ooh. We're seeing all this stuff now because they're in 4K. Yeah, and it's making them look, you know, right. really like fake. You know, and you're like, oh, My I didn't see that before. Is that the special effects don't translate into the no. cleaner film? Perfect yeah. example when Annie gets it in the beginning of Friday the Thirteenth on that box that they just released. When you watch yeah. it, you can see the gray stuff across her neck. Yep, the, you can you see know, whatever it. Yep. That is. So that kind of kills it for me uh so again right back to the grittiness i i love that grittiness and some of the stuff is fun like killer clowns is a fantastic movie to watch and and, and uh you know on blu-ray some yeah. of it's good to watch the trans because yeah, the colors color really are so explosive yeah. yeah but when you get down to the special effects and you can see things you know it it, it kills it so instead of popping in my 2k blu-ray i'll pop it in my old school dvd or if you have a vhs player vhs you know 
Yeah, that's the way to go, man. That, that honestly, uh, when you're watching horror films, I gotta watch it VHS or DVD. I'll do DVD. It, that, that, that's fine. But anything. I, uh, I'm sure we're. I don't know how much more time we have, but we left out one very important person, Mr. Clive Barker and Hellraiser. Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. Hellraiser. And I mean that that series. You know, another major franchise from the '80s. And it, it just. I feel like like Hellraiser. I can kind of put it in the category. There's more substance. Yeah, there's oh, way, more, yeah. way more substance in Hellraiser uh, versus like any other like slasher out there. Okay, it, it's different. It's um, what was I going to compare it to in the '90s? Uh, it, it's not coming to me right now, but yeah, it's definitely more psychological. Um, horror. Without question. And, yeah, man. So, and, and that's one of the greatest horror villains, the characters of all time. You know, Pinhead. I mean, Clive, just there's so many characters that he came up with, but obviously those are the, uh, you know, the best stuff he, in my opinion, he's ever done. You know, the Cenobites and... Candyman. Candy, uh, yeah, Candyman. Do I have to say it another three times? I don't want Tony Todd up here. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, Candyman was 90s. Absolutely amazing. 90s. Yeah, but... An extremely yeah. original story, no question. Yeah. yeah, and that's what we need, the originality. And that's why I said 80s, man. And, it, it was just and, and, and Candyman went, you know, into an... Uh, a deeper urban scenario as opposed to the woods or anything else. So it took us someplace yeah, else into a look into a different yeah. life, you know? Yeah. So very, very original and a lot of social another, another incredibly classic character. Yeah. No, hundred percent, man. And like I said, a lot of social commentary there. And that's what horror movies did as well. Like they, they spoke on things that were going on in the world uh, for Definitely. the most part, I tell, you know, in between the lines and they, and they took that, um, you know, they weren't afraid to take chances. And roll the dice with their films, because uh, it was frowned upon really to be a horror fan. Yeah, you know back then, yep. and and now it's like the best thing ever. You know, like oh, you're a horror fan. Oh man, is you know, and it's like sometimes you didn't want to say you were a horror fan. I've heard uh, you know back then in the seventies. Yeah, it's almost to the point though. In some cases where it's kind of like trendy now, you know, and yeah, I, but now you see, I don't like that. I don't like that it's trendy. I'm like, yeah. no, I don't want to be part of this. I want to. You know, <laughs> well, well, the, the, the people who are more on the trendy side, they're just going to watch the main stuff. You know, they're not going to dig deep into the obscure stuff and they're going to stick with their child's play and the Friday the 13th stuff. They're not going to go deeper into it. So that is very true. Yeah. That is very true. I mean, they'll sit with, with what I call the commercial uh, horror movies and stuff right. like that. But, yeah. you know, you, you got to learn your roots. You have to, if you're a true horror fan, you got to know your roots and you got to know your 80s horror. Okay. You, you really do. And, Beginning. This is something, dude. I'm telling you, there's so many conversations. Like we can pick apart different things yeah, about the '80s. There's so many just, layers in the '80s yeah. with the horror. No, man. Like one day it could be just a topic. Uh, Stephen King, like you said, alone. Yeah. Then yep. we can talk. Yeah, we can take directors. Yep. Yeah. Direct vampires yep. and and just like Werewolf, dude, just yep. slashers. And it, it, there's so many categories. It's like where do I start? I know. Where do I end? You know what happens? But I definitely noticed a difference between early '80s versus late '80s horror movies and like we said before i think oh, it was a huge shift yeah yeah they, they, and you can kind of tell like horror now is moving into a different direction as we got to the 90s uh it was more comical uh you know, more more comedy horror was coming out like you yeah. know freddie and you know then chucky came out and i think the first child's play was really probably the scariest one and then you know as we got on just funny yeah. and stuff like that and uh even you know you know what was it uh i mean new nightmare in 94 it came out that actually was wasn't comedy. That went back to the roots uh, with, with yeah, Wes, Wes Craven. Craven. Yeah, he came back on he board, back on board yep. and you could tell, man. Uh, that was more. Um, I don't know. It was, it was definitely more scary. 
uh, than some of the other films that were coming out. Uh, I think uh, off the top of my head here, another uh, actor that we left out is Tom Atkins. Sean, I got I got two words for you. <laughs> Throw me. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. The Fog, Night of the Creeps, yeah. Halloween, Halloween Three. Dream, I mean, yeah. and you know, he basically he kind of like Will Ferrell, Will Ferrell, his way through it. It's basically the same character. But yeah. it works every damn time. <laughs> yeah, I mean? it did. Yeah, it did. It's just this okay. beard chugging, smart ass, you know, whatever the character that they popped into the film, you know. The only line of stuff, throw me, throw me, <laughs> throw me, John, throw me. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, Tom Atkins, classic. You think of that in the 80s. You know, aside from Rob, Tom Atkins, I mean, there was so many like classic, like Leno Quigley that you said. Actually, I have yep. a pig right here, one of this one, when I had the Return of the Dead cast over there. Miguel Nunez, he's another amazing guy. Um, yeah, he's awesome. His his energy, man, is just yeah. so real. Um, you know, zombie films too. Yeah, we didn't talk about you know this other than a Return of the Living Dead. Uh, we had Return of the Living Dead too, <laughs> and there was a couple other zombies. I can't think of them off the top of my head right now. Uh, well, one thing I I don't know the exact quote that uh, George Romero said because Day of the Dead Day came of out Day. after Return of the Living Dead. He's like, he's like, how am I supposed to put my movie out now when you see these zombies? You know, they're running around, they're nuts, and then yeah. you got my zombies that are just, like, lumbering around. It's like, I can't compete with that, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah you know, so I forget what the exact quote was, but Day of the Dead is another one that came out, you know? Yeah, uh, and I Dawn think, you know Dead. what? Dawn, yeah, Dawn was, Dawn was 78. Dawn of the Dead. Oh, 78, okay. Yeah, it was right before that. But I, I know that um, Return of the Dead, it was the first zombie movie that they were, they were active, they were moving around, they were faster mm -hmm. than any other... Uh, a zombie out there so and i thought that was cool you know when you've seen it uh and i really really didn't like part two uh again more of a rock and roll style zombie yeah, yeah exactly more that, that oh i love part zombie. two i absolutely love it I, I i think it's a fun movie i really like it a lot i, I don't hate it that. but i just I, it just didn't i don't know I, one was better for me the first time i met uh tom I said to him, I'm like, how come you don't have uh, Night Living Dead uh, Part 2 up here? I'll return Living Dead Part 2 up on any poster. And he just laughed. I said, I said, man, it's a really fun movie. It's a fun 80s movie, man. In my opinion, it really is. It's a, I, I still watch it a couple times a year. I don't know why it's so frowned upon. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not too sure what year the third one came out. The third one kind of, Return Living Dead is kind of, yeah. and there's a, there's a there was, I didn't even know there was a third one. Yeah. Oh, yep. Geez. Oh God! I got. I got uh, that. I'm not 100 what year that came out though. I, I think that's 90s. I'm pretty sure that one's 90s. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of zombie yeah. flicks, man. Yeah, dude, that's another thing. That's Zombies, whole, yeah, it's oversaturated. Whole, yeah, I think yeah. the horror genre is just oversaturated. Yeah. And we had that zombie craze come out, and when The Walking Dead returned yeah, that, during that, that time, kind of it was brought just, it back. Yeah. Oh, then we got all these movies now: The yeah. Tension of the Dead, De uh, the Dance yeah. of the Dead, yeah, all Netflix these other crazy. Like three oh, the, the 2000s are filled with zombie movies oh, because yeah. of Return because yeah. of The Walking Dead. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think 2000s were dominated by paranormal and zombies. That's Without it. Question. Yeah, yep. yeah, and dude, and then we like right now where we're at. Uh, I do feel like we're going back to the 80s. I feel like we're getting a lot more horror movies just pop up. Uh, whether it's on Netflix exclusively or whether Shutter, or, but there's, there's like I just a, wish they get rid of the CGI, man. I, I understand yeah. it's cheaper and blah blah yeah. blah, but it does not have the same effect. You know, uh, not '80s, but um, the Wrong Turn franchise, I absolutely oh. love it until it went to CGI. I yeah. think it's the third one where they where it's in the snow and it's a flashback to when they, they were kids, the uh, hillbillies or whatever they are. The CGI, I can't watch that movie because of CGI. It's so bad. The, the blood is horrible. 
Well, even, I mean, we only had one, I believe the only puppet master was, was the first one in the eighties. I could be wrong yeah, about no, that. You're right. At 89, I think yeah. it was. Puppet but, master. The, uh, 80s, yeah. but the original is the only one that has a, a theatrical release. I, I'm pretty sure. And, but if you watch that franchise, except for the CGI that gets brought into some of the later ones, that stayed true to 80s movies. You watch all those. They're 80s movies, yeah. man. But yeah. everything Full Moon does is pretty much an 80s movie. But um, again, that's my second favorite franchise of all time. But when I start getting to the, uh, you have the Axis series, the three Axis ones. And the second one opens up with two of the main characters getting shot. And it just looks like a cartoon, like a cartoon bullet, like blood in their chest. It's horrible. <laughs> the worst, the worst practical effects in the 80s are way better than any CGI ever, as far as I'm concerned. It's, yeah. it's just gotta be practical. It's the only way I'm gonna watch it. It's not practical if it's not if practical. So there it is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but uh but Josh, let me ask you, man. So everything about the 80s and horror, um, for you, what was the best thing? The best thing that happened in the eighties uh, with horror movies? Oh man, it's a oh. tough question. It's a loaded question. I'm gonna ask yeah. you, Sean, next. What do we got? I mean, well, you know, like going back, I mean, my all-time favorite was probably you know Killer Clowns from Outer Space. But besides that, another movie that sticks out is Jason Lives Man Part Six. Um, that was one of my favorites, and you know, like I said, going to like I love music too, man. So like the soundtrack and that always stood out to me, man hearing Alice Cooper and stuff and just, you know, that, that screams eighties to me when I have a really good soundtrack with that horror film. So yeah, those are, you know, those are probably my top two that come to mind, you know, of being a kid and remembering and really enjoying. What, what, what element though of, of horror, what is it? Is it the slashers that did a few, is it the, you know, when you go into the video store, what is the best part about horror in the eighties for you? Is it, it the films itself, the characters? I mean, let me know. To me, it was definitely going to like the video stores, man. Going yeah. to like Blockbuster, the mom and pops. We had one called Mega Video. It's right down the street from my parents' house. We would go there. And like Sean was saying, yeah. they had all those real gritty looking box arts there, you know? So just seeing all that and just, you know, the atmosphere of Halloween, you know, like trick-or-treating and, you know, just Definitely. I look to that, you know, yeah. like going to school. That was back when schools allowed us to have parties for the kids Costumes. and having soda and candy and pizza and watching Hocus Pocus. That was another <laughs> one, you know. I remember being a kid, you know, watching that, you know. So as I like, yes. they of course they wouldn't allow you to watch yes. Halloween or Friday the Thirteenth, but you know, I mean, it's just all that, you know, like just looking forward to the month of October, you know, and still to this date, it holds that in my heart, you know. October is. Yeah. Is the month, man. You know, let's just love it. You know, so even though we celebrated three, yeah, we do. We here, baby. <laughs> That's right. But, but Sean, what is it? What is it about horror uh, in the eighties? Like, what is the best part of it? So, oh, yeah, I mean, so yeah. for me, I think that uh, Friday, the original Friday the Thirteenth, just spawned the explosion of slashers. Uh, and for me, you know, the uh, like I said earlier, the bloodier, the more boobs, the gorier. For me, <laughs> it was just so much fun, man. Um, when it comes to like the Friday the 13th stuff, I know like a lot of the younger generation, you talk to all of them, part six is their movie. But I mean, the one through four are the films. I mean, once you get to six, now you got what's considered zombie Jason. You know, uh, I, and I think the best Friday film is part four, uh, without a doubt. That's but subjective. Again, me, That's subjective. I don't know. Part four. Uh, and one other thing that we didn't talk about is it, that 
uh, that it's didn't spawn until the late end of the eighties. But I mean, you had the TV shows, tales from the crypt, man. Oh, um, dude, you know, yeah. If I wasn't home by midnight on Friday night to put on HBO and watch tales from the crypt, I was pissed. And I, I, I was so into it that, you know, you got that opening scene where it goes into the mansion oh, yeah. around yeah, downstairs. Oh, it was awesome, yeah. I, I didn't even want that to end because I knew once that ended, then the episode was going to start, and then soon the episode would be over. I, I, I didn't even want the opening credits to end, you know? His laugh and terrified I, me. I, I think I'm going to try yeah. it right here. <laughs> Tales from the crypt. I think he's going to be at one of the monster. I think he's going to be at one of the monster manias, so you can take that energy to his table. And oh, uh, I, I actually, I just, reached, I reached out to him uh, to be on the show. Uh, he did respond back, John Casier. Uh, he yeah. said he's super he's busy, awesome. but he wants to revisit the conversation oh, in nice. August. So hopefully, he can come on sometime on the show uh, before the end I mean, of the year, man. But for, definitely, for I'm gonna me, do that. Uh, uh, that character in that television show is just. I have the. I still watch and I bought the box set and I'm still waiting for. I don't think it's ever going to happen now. I don't think it exists on Blu-ray. I've searched and searched, you know. So there's only the DVD box set, but you know that television show just personified everything about '80s. It covered all the genres, you know, paranormal slasher. You had everything mixed in there with every different episode, you know. So it brought it all together right at the end of the '80s era. Uh, and no, it did, man. It just right, yeah, right before '80s. Uh, ended it came out 89 it started 89 the series i remember that uh i don't remember at that time when it came out i was too young but like i remember uh in the 90s i was i was in love with that series when i was a young kid man right. i was like fucking was it seven years old and i was like oh man it's a tale yeah, it was it on hbo yeah HBO I, I literally would get mad if i didn't make it home by midnight on oh. friday i yeah dude popped it on yeah it was i'm just pretty sure that's when it came on was midnight and i think you got maybe two episodes on a Friday night. So, you know, you had an hour of that. And then yeah. uh, what was the USA? USA had something that was horror every week too, I think. The USA channel. Feature, feature? Uh, no, no. no. I want to say it was called USA Up All Night, but I thought they had something specifically tied to horror. I know they did. I just can't remember what it was called yeah. because they even had, uh, they had Pinhead on there one time. Um, I forget what other characters, but I'm pretty sure that the uh, the USA one had the the walk on appearance of Pinhead and some other characters. I could be wrong about the show though, but I know there was one that had that really cool stuff. I'm trying to look at that. Yeah, I know. I'm sure you're right. I just don't know the name offhand. Uh, but yeah, 80s. There's nothing gonna be like the 1980s. And before we wrap this up right here, Sean, you had a question. You said you were gonna give us. What was that question? I don't remember. <laughs> are, are, uh, you talking about the standalones? Yeah. Okay, so uh, the question was, you know, just pick top three standalone 80s slashers. Top you three guys want to go that first? Or? I, I, I'll give you one. Um, I, I'll start it up. Yeah, I could give one. I mean, for I me, just... it would be Sleepaway Camp. I know people are going to get yeah, at you because yeah. they're like, what do you mean? There's more than one part. <laughs> well, I don't count those because that, no, that was original. Yeah. My, my favorite is, without question, The Prowler. And again, um, to me, in my opinion, it, it – might not be the his best work in somebody else's opinion, but it's my favorite Tom Savini work. Uh, again, I'm a huge pitchfork guy, and that scene in the beginning, and then the shower scene with the pitchfork is just the special effects Savini did there are just absolutely amazing. Uh, and again, that was an original story. Uh, and then you have uh, Buddy Cooper's The Mutilator, oh. another <laughs> yeah. real, uh, uh, real original story, which he just filmed the second one, and I'm highly anticipating that coming out. Oof. Hoping it don't suck. 
But, um, you know, that was a whole, and uh, I did actually get to experience, you know, going to where that was filmed. And, oh, nice. uh, got, yeah, I got to talk to a few of the actors and they told you how things were done. And, you know, and, you know, the character's name in the film that does all the killing, his name is Big Ed. And the, the actor sat right next to me in the garage where he did his work watching the movie. So, oh, cool. you know, that's always going to hold a special place for me. And I watched The Prowler, too, where it was filmed, too. Uh, so that's there awesome. weren't any actors there for that one. But, I mean, when you're sitting in the garage in the house that the mutilator uh, took place in with the main man himself and a few of the other actors, it's such a special moment, man. And that guy was, like, 92 years old. And I oh, think God he had bless. more fun than anybody else in the whole room, <laughs> yes. you know? It was, it was, and they had the, um, the actual hook from the movie with the scene where he, uh, brings it up in the girl's private. Yeah. Yeah. I got the whole that. So, you know, it just made it such a special, it just brought it all together just to be sitting there right there where everything happened, you know, swimming in the pool where the pool scene took place. And. Oh, that's awesome, man. A lot of awesomeness. Yeah. Such cool stuff. And speaking of sleepaway camp, I'll be doing that, uh, in, in four weeks going to, uh, gonna watch the movie on the beach. Oh, nice. Where the uh, final scene took place. Oh, good. Ah, yes. sure, man. You got to get some footage and stuff, yeah. man. We gotta... definitely got to take video of that. Man. Yeah. I would love to it's going to be, uh, uh, and we've all been to, uh, have you done the, the, the camp, uh, the tour at Crystal Lake, Josh? Yeah, I don't know. No, I didn't. I oh, you haven't done that camp, one? No. Again, so that one, no. you know, we sat there and watched the movie right where Pamela gets beheaded. Oh, oh nice. My, my wow. chair basically sat where Officer Dorf spins out his motorcycle and takes off. Right where he spins out. That's yeah. basically where my chair was watching the movie. Yeah. Oh, and then cool. right off to the left, about 20 feet is where uh, Pamela got beheaded. So oh. doing those kinds of things for me just makes the movies that much more special. Oh, yeah. And now it's like now that that moment and that memory is going to last a lifetime. And Forever. you're never yep. going to forget that. And that's what, like you said, now when you go back to watch that film, it's like, wow, I was there at that exactly. location. And, and that's, you know, it's another thing yeah. I, I talk about this. You know, that's what we're trying to do with these events with Hard 365. We're trying to give you these moments and memories to spend time with some of the talent. Make it an experience. Uh, hell yeah, man. And and I think, like, that's another reason why you think filming locations, yeah, that's a diner. It's great. Uh, there's so many filming locations out there for so many different films. Just look at, like, Buffalo Bill's house. Imagine sitting there yep. with freaking, uh, you know, Ted Levine and just <laughs> doing the dance with Ted or something. Like, you know, whatever it is, man. Yeah. Whatever, just being there yeah, in that I mean, same environment, in that same house, or wherever, wherever you're uh, going to, man, it's just awesome. Speaking of uh, my bloody Valentine, they're doing that one next year on uh, Valentine's Day in Canada. They're they're showing the movie and they're giving a tour of all the filming scenes. Uh, the guy who the the stuntman who played uh, you know Harry Warden's going to be there. Oh man! Unfortunately, unfortunately, it's in Canada in February, so you know. Yeah. Bundle up, baby. Yeah. It's going down. <laughs> yeah. A lot of factors involved with traveling. Had to be a little snow, eh? Traveling that time of year, plane cancellations, or if you drive, you're stuck in weather, you know. So it's that'd be that'd be one to uh have to really put together. Oh, but that'd be that'd be incredibly awesome. Well, well, that's my standalone right there, my bloody Valentine uh, of the 80s. Uh but damn, it's just it's there's so many movies. It's like it's unfair to even a- answer that question. Like I can't like even ask that question. It's unfair. Yeah. Because there's just so My many. My answer and- might change daily with that question. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. yeah, you never know. Man. It depends on what I watched that week, and you know, maybe something yeah. that I forgot yeah. got pre-triggered. You know. There, I said it before numerous times, and I'll say it again. There is nothing like '80s horror movies, and we could be seeing a special time. I think coming up now. Uh, in horror, because I noticed so many 
new horror movies on the scene and remakes are coming out. And I know there's all this other technology, but I think there's some real, there's some people out there that are putting together some horror films that want to stay true to that, the, you know, that original, you know, that, that the roots, the roots of horror from 80s, 70s, 60s. And if we can get that content out now, I mean, I think it's going to be something, you know, I, there'll never be another 1980s for horror, but I think this might be the next best thing that we're going to be uh, on the verge of. of One thing that I would love to see a resurgence, you know, back in the 30s, 40s, 50s, when a horror movie came out, it was an event at the theater. There'd be big posters and all kinds of stuff going on, man. And, yeah. and Or like the uh, 91, 92 film Popcorn, where, you know, they showed the old school sci-fi movies and things are happening. They, they blow sense into the theater and there's, oh, there's yeah. stuff flying across the room and your chair gets electrocuted. Would I would cool. love to see you research yeah. that. That's well, so much fun, you know? It just, but you know what it is? Again, it, you're it, saying with the, with the horror coming out, I don't understand why, like, with how well the Halloween, the two new Halloween movies have been doing, uh, why, why they aren't realizing that we want this stuff in the theater. And... Very off topic of 80s, but I'm sure Josh is aware. Terrifier 2 has just been announced. Will be a theatrical I know. release. I know. Oh, that's be, huge. That's huge. It's going to be madness seeing that in the theater. I definitely uh, want to see that in the theater. Uh, when, they, when, when they released, that We're was going. Be We're going. Guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're all going that. We're one. all going together. For I, that. I, I, my mind was blown. I don't know yeah. how he got that into the theater, but thank God. And I hope, I hope it does tens of millions of dollars. So we get the stuff back in the theater again. Yep. You know what? I might even, let me see what I could do here. I'm going to reach out to Dave. I want to see if maybe we can set something up where all of us are hanging with David Howard Thornton watching Terrifier 2 in the theater. We had him on the show. Um, I know he's a busy guy, uh, but if we can arrange something, I'll pay for his transportation or something like that to get him out here. Uh, towards towards this direction, just for like you know, sometime that wouldn't that wouldn't even make sense, man. I'd be <laughs> yeah, dude. I know Dave, Dave's sitting with us while we're watching it, dude. Watching I think that let, let, let's there, see, yeah. let's see, let's see if we can make that come to fruition, man. Seriously, because that that'll be something awesome. Just that hanging out with him at the theater, but yeah, absolutely. Um, shit, man. There's so many things happening, and you're right. But I think it was also oversaturation. Maybe that's another reason why we don't see a lot of these movies in the theater. There are a lot of you know new horror movies coming out there. Not all of them are great. Okay, maybe half of them are good, uh, but it's just like there's a demand. There's a demand for horror there is. like there was in the 80s. And I think we're getting it. I hope that we can get into that era, like I said, where it's the next best thing because nothing is going to top 80s horror. And I know both of you guys agree with me on that one. Can I just throw a plug out there for the lounge since we're talking 80s? Hey, hell yeah, man. Go ahead. <laughs> so anybody who's a huge fan of 80s horror on Facebook, the 80s horror lounge. The best 80s uh, horror group on Facebook. Check it out. Check it out. Sean Telepo running that 80s horror lounge. And Sean's also doing some work. Uh, you're going to be working with us with some content over here on YouTube. So stay tuned. There's a lot more coming out there right now. Uh, the 80s horror god, Sean Telepo, once again, man, it's been a blessing. Josh Kersey in studio, a.k.a. Horror Daddy 85. We're over here. We were just shooting the breeze off the script today, baby. Horror 365 style. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And once again, thank you for celebrating horror, not only in October, but 365. And right now, we got a special treat before we sign out. We're gonna be showing one of our own fans, Collector's Corner, Slick Rick Paulton. Take it away, Slick Rick. We'll see you next week. Okay, video of my collection. We got Ron and Carol here from my favorite part, part five. These are my favorite characters. 
aside from Jason. Custom-made masks. These are made by my buddy Ryan Inman. You can find him on Facebook and he can make some for you. He made this one a special for me to wear to Browns games. And we got Betsy Palmer up here. Sean Cunningham movie poster from part one. Machete that I acquired at the Minicon. The NES Machete. And then over here, we got the, the, the wedding photo from Renewing Our Vows with the South Jersey Slasher. A couple pictures from um, Camp Crystal Lake. And then the merit certificate there. And then a whole bunch of Funko Pops. Over here, this is where the piece de la resistance would be. My cube that has almost all of the Jasons. Of course, no Richard Brooker. And I'm looking for a Derek Mears. I just acquired Ken Kersing here. But other than that, they're all there, all the, the main ones anyway. Not, you know, ones that played them for like one scene or anything. I'm gonna work on those next. We got uh, Ron Milkey, Bill Randolph, Tracy Savage. Got this custom light up Jack Torrance. Then over here we got a little little water from Camp Crystal Lake. And these dolls a friend of mine makes by hand. And then over here we got our neck of figures, including this one, signed by Lauren Marie Taylor. And that'll do it. Hope you like it.